0: Hello and good evening and welcome back to another episode of Religion, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Uh, We did a a podcast early on today and we're going to do another one today. Uh, this is the second podcast of today evening, and we're going to complete the chapter on Judaism, and uh, basically we'll uh, finish it over here, uh, and I hope uh, you're going to understand a little bit more about Judaism, its history, uh, we haven't gone into the ideology, but history is more important, otherwise you just want to connect the dots, so uh, we're going to... Uh, Start with, uh, we're going to continue with Palestine where we, we've, we left off. And uh, thank you very much for joining me uh, on this uh, podcast. It is an absolute honor and I'm really appreciative of, of your time. So, well, let's get down to Palestine. So, once the, the British mandate of Palestine was created by the League of Nations, it was a, a transition state from the Ottoman Empire and to what, whatever they were going to go next. They didn't know where they were going, but it was only tra- a transition. It was not a, an official kingdom. So the, the transition state of, of Palestine uh, concluded, a, um, should I say, encompassed um, what is modern-day Jordan and current uh, Israel. So the, there's already a two-state solution in place. Okay two-state solution um, uh, of Jordan and, and Israel, and that originally formed the, um, the British Mandate of Palestine. So, during the time Palestine was created, here is what we found. The Palestinian regiment uh, that was created by the state uh, the British Mandate, composed of Jews and Arabs, conscripted in the Mandate of Palestine until its formation in 1944. In 1944, it became the basis to form uh, the larger Jewish Brigade, which took part in World War II efforts as allies in Europe. The Palestinian Currency Board, this was an Anglo Palestinian company owned by a Jewish agency who issued notes in 1948. The Palestinian Post was created owned by a Jew and named as the Palestinian Bulletin in 1933. Uh, it was later renamed the Jerusalem Post after Israel declared independence in 1948. The Palestinian Airways Limited. It was founded by the Zionist Pinhas Rutenberg in the British in British Palestine in conjunction with the His route and the Jewish Agency also called Palestine Air Transport. It was taken over by the British Government Air Agency. Palestinian stamps issued before 1948 in English, Arabic and Hebrew. Palestinian coins issued by Hebrew uh, and issued in both Hebrew and Arab. Mandate of Palestinian checkpoints. Language in English, Hebrew and Arabic. So to come back, this was the first time the state of Palestine was created as a as mandate, as an administrative state. Until this time, there was never any state of Palestine. I repeat, there was never a state of Palestine. It only started with the British Mandate of Palestine. Palestine. Neither was there a Palestine under the Ottomans, nor the Egyptians, nor the Malmux, nor, nor the Romans. Um, Hasmonians, Herodians, uh King David, none. We also we are also of the opinion, so there is a Peel Commission report that was uh, what that was conducted by the British during this time to understand what the area was and what was going on. So on page two hundred forty one-two forty two it states uh, we are of the opinion that until now the Arab cultivator has benefited on the whole both from the work of the British administration and from the presence of Jews in the country. Wages have gone up, standard of living has improved, work on roads, building has been plentiful. In the maritime plains, plains, where some Arabs have adopted improved methods of cultivation, the shortage of land is, we consider, due to less of the amount of the land acquired by Jews. Uh, than to increase, than, than to the increase of the Arab population. Uh, point number 65 on page 242 says, In pre war days, circumscription circums- and malaria kept the Arab population low. It is now increasing rapidly. Point number 66 says, The Arab population charged that the Jews vo- have obtained too large a portion of the good land that cannot be maintained. Much of the land now carrying orange groves were sand dunes or swamp and uncultivated when it was purchased. So the Arab feudal elite still wanted to stop Jewish immigration and each faction wanted the land for themselves. They had never seen the land so developed under their own rule. But thanks to the Jews and the Zionists that had changed. Never mind the fact that they were really enjoying the money they received from the sale of land or dunhims, approximately one acre, to the Jewish immigrants. Money without which they would have never had an economic boom, nor would they have been able to collect any taxes. Money without which the people on the ground would have revolted against the Ottoman establishment anyway. Money without which they would have never immigrated to Syria, Philistia. They had no problem with the Arab immigrants coming in even though the great number of Arab immigrants found work mostly on land and cities developed by Jews who invested in the land and in agriculture. The development of Arab industries, agriculture, was all due to Jewish capital. They tried to pretend that the land was being transferred to the Jews without any financial compensation the sale of the land which commenced even before the british mandate started they had no problem keeping quiet on the 854000 pounds in 1933 which was paid by the jewish individuals and organisations to the bedouin arab elite in 1934 1648000 pounds and in 1935 1 Million, approximately 700,000 pounds, uh, according to the Palestinian Royal Commission's report. They pretended that the real problem was the Jews and not the absentee Bedouin landowner and the Ottoman feudal exploiters of Islamic origin. The problem was at source. This fostered a revolt in which today's world we call populism. This fo- found a vent by marrying the concept. Um, of marrying the concept of Arab nationalism, all which was institutionalized by the Arab leaders and the Mufti of Jerusalem into the concept of Palestine only to hide her own flaws. Point the fingers at others to justify your transgressions that suit the Bedouin really fine. The fact of the matter was that if the Jews had not come back to southern Syria or Palestine, there would be no educational institutions, no medical facilities to speak of, no infrastructure. It was with the money of the Zionists that the Arabs in Israel had today some sort of modern society, without which they would still be landless peasant labourers. If there are those still living in poverty, it's only because the Arab elite have very conveniently filled their pockets to the detriment of the people, no different from any situation from the situation in the eighteen thirties. History has not changed but keeps repeating itself if the Jewish human and financial capital was not brought back to Israel. No one on the planet would have heard of Palestine after the fall of the Ottoman Empire, it would have been swallowed by the Syria by Syria or the government of Hijraj, the Zionist state of Palestine would have disappeared from the map and become a footnote of history. The the moment, however, the land was arrived under Jewish control, all the greedy Arabs wanted their pie back, claiming it to be theirs no different from the golden Islamic golden age where they got their knowledge from everyone else and now they claim to be the innovators and founders of all modern science and technology. After four centuries of Ottoman Turkish or colonialism, the Arabs revolted against the occupies in what was called Arab nationalism, in the help of European allies, with the help of European allies. The Arab Revolt and the Great or the Great Arab Revolt of July nineteen sixteen was led by Hussein bin Ali, the Sharif of Mecca, and his sons Faisal, Abdullah, and Ali. Their sons had initiated the revolt against the Turks of Medina. They were members of the Hashemite dynasty of Hijaz, said to be the descendants of the Prophet Muhammad's clan. They accused the young Turks of betraying the tenets of Islam. The Turks in return accused them of dividing the Muslim Caliphate and betraying Muslims with the help of allied powers who were seen as kufr. Of course the rise of nationalism in the Ottoman Empire dates back to 1881. No different than in Europe with the empires breaking up into city-states. It was a movement that encompassed the entire region. The Young Turks revolutions started in 1908. Arab nationalism had not yet picked up pace, although it was stronger in Syria. Arabs were more loyal to their clans, their tribes, their families and finally to Islam. The goal of the Arab revolt and the Sharif of Mecca was to recreate the Umayyad Caliphate, very much like their predecessors. A territory that stretched from Aleppo, Syria, to southern Yemen. With its headquarters in Damascus, they did not succeed. However, they did receive the support of the Transjordanian tribes, including Bedouins and Christians. The revolt also received support from the European allies. It reached its highest point when Faisal entered Damascus in October of 1918 and established the Arab Kingdom of Syria, which included Transjordan. The British promised the Arabs assistance if they revolted against the Ottomans. However, at the same time, the British promised the Jews support for homeland in southern Syria, also known as Palestine. Through the Balfour Declaration in 1917, the Arab revolt was forced to surrender to the French in 1920, due to the 1916 sykes picot Agreement. The Arabs and Hashemites were not very happy. The region of Transjordan was in disarray. But in April of 1921, the second son of Sharif Hussein reached Oman and the Emirate of Transjordan was formed. In 1922, the Emirate of Transjordan was accepted by the League of Nations under the British Mandate for Palestine and Transjordan. It excluded any territories east of the Jordan River, which the League of Nations had reserved for a future Jewish state. In May 1946, under the Treaty of London, um, Transjordan was given the status of a kingdom under the name of Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan. King Abdullah, the grandfather of the present king, was its first king. On the other hand, you had the Fellahin who had to fend for themselves without any land, while the Arab elite enjoyed financial downfall uh, from the sale of land to the Jews. The Arabs, those who had recently immigrated, and those who were the, who therefore, for more than a couple of generations, to, started to come together in Arab nationalism. This caused tensions and clashes in 1936 with Jews, a repeat of history like the Arab revolt of 1834, that which was quelled by the British with the help of the Palestinian, composed of Jews and Arabs in military units. This caused the British to limit Jewish immigration to Palestine, which did not leave them very happy. They called for a creation of a joint Arab and Jewish state within 10 years. The Arabs, on the other hand, did not want to wait 10 years for a state, besides the fact that they were never going to share power with people who they loathed, The Jews. Islam always prided itself to be superior to no one, and no one super- supersedes their superiority. After World War II, the British handed... The British handed over the mandate of Palestine to the United Nations, which was formed on 26 of june nineteen forty five. On the twenty of november nineteen forty seven they voted to partition Palestine into two separate states, but eight parts no later than October um, sorry, but no later than the first of October nineteen forty eight. The plan provided for the termination of the British Mandate, the progressive withdrawal of British armed forces, and the de- delineation of boundaries um, between the two states and Jerusalem. Division of Palestine into eight parts, the three parts into Arab state and three into Jewish state. Um, the seventh, the town of Jaffna, was to form an Arab enclave within the Jewish territory. The inter- international regime for uh, for Jerusalem, the 8th division, to be administered by the Union United Nations Trustee Council. So Palestine was going to be divided into three parts, three parts into an Arab state, uh, sorry, into eight parts, three parts into an Arab state, and three into a Jewish state. Uh, the seventh, the town of Jaffna, was to form The Arab enclave within the Jewish territory and a separate international regime for Jerusalem, uh, the 8th division to be administered by the United Nations. The Arab side of the modern state of of modern-day West Bank and Gaza, leaving Jerusalem divided. The Jewish Agency accepted the resolution despite its dissatisfaction over such matters as Jewish immigration from Europe and the territorial limits set on the proposed Jewish state. The plan was not accepted by the Palestinian Arabs and the Arab states on the ground that it violated the provisions of the United Nations Charter, which granted people the right to decide their own destiny. In reality, the Arabs wanted all the land. There were many Arab factions and each one wanted power over the other. Each thought that they were better than the other. Although 70% of the land was given to the Arabs and only uh 20 to 30% was given to to the to the Jews um the blind power derived from the Islamic supremacist ideology blinded them. The adoption of resolution 181 Uh, was followed by the outbreak of violence in Palestine. As the situation deteriorated, the Security Council called for special sessions of General Assembly. In May of 1948, um, the United Kingdom relinquished its mandate over Palestine and disengaged its forces. On the same day, the Jewish Agency proclaimed the establishment of the State of Israel on the territory allotted to it by the partition plan. Violence broke out and the next day Arab troops from neighboring countries invaded to allegedly help Arab Muslims. In reality, each faction used their private miniature to get the piece of land. A truce was called and was supervised by the United Nations mediator. Peace was never seen, however, and Israel became a member of the United Nations on 11th of May 1949, following the December 1948 Jericho Conference and and the 1949 renaming of the country from Transjordan to Jordan. Uh, The West Bank was formally annexed in 1950 by Jordan the occupation was considered illegal by the international community except for the United Nations, Iraq and Pakistan. Uh, the Palestinian citizens were given Jordanian citizenship. In 1950, uh, they, were declared, they declared that they were only holding it in trust until a future settlement was reached. In return, some other Arab countries threatened the expulsion of Jordan from the Arab League because the Arabs were not happy with Jordan either. King Abdullah was assassinated in 1951 by a Palestinian militant at the Al-Aqsa Mosque amid rumours that Jordan was going to make peace with Israel. Just before the six-day preemptive war of 1967, launched by Israel, Jordan had signed a military pact with Egypt. However, after the 1967 Six Day War, Jordan lost control of the West Bank and the region became part of the State of Israel, which greatly expanded its territories. This was how the situation still stands until today. The Arab states lost that war, which was devastating psychologically to the Arab world. However, soon afterwards, in 1968, in what is known as the 1968 Battle of Karameh, they managed to repel an Israeli attack on the West Bank border with Jordan. The Palestinians gained widespread support all over the Islamic world, for this in spite of their limited resources. The gain in support created the Fidayin within Jordan. Um, basically, there were Palestinian guerrilla fighters, considered freedom fighters by Palestine, 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 but terrorists by Israel. These fighters soon became a threat to Jordan and called for the overthrow of the Jordanian men- monarchy. In 1917 came a day known as Black September, when the Jordanian army targeted the Fedayeen and sent them packing to Lebanon, along with another PLO group. They were supported by another ally in the world, uh, ally in who the world has come to know very well today as the Islamic Republic of Pakistan, led by the head of the Pakistani training mission in Jordan, Brigadier Mohammad Zia Ul Haq. On that black September day, twenty-five thousand Palestinian activities uh, activists were killed, according to Yasser Arafat. The Arab world played down the numbers to two to 4,000. Brigadier Mohammad Zia-ul-Haq would later go on to become the Chief of the Army of, and then the President of Pakistan for his achievements of murder of 25,000 Palestinians and other activities, which included the hanging of a former Pakistan Prime Minister and father of Benazir Bhutto. Jordan would return the favor to Pakistan when they, led, when they allegedly led their support in the transfer of weapons to the Islamic Republic, better known as the land of pure Islam. When Pakistan, West Pakistan, today modern day Pakistan, went on to commit a genocide while killing and butchering and gang raping up to 3 million of its East Pakistani citizens in, in the region now called Bangladesh. In what was then Pakistani, uh, in what was then a Pakistani civil war, today the modern state of Israel is a leader in agriculture, even in the desert. They are leaders in desalination, a net exporter of water to their neighboring countries. They are the world leaders in, in innovation, education, and technology. This, in spite of the fact that the Jews have been butchered for the last three thousand years by all groups in Europe um by all almost all other groups on the planet Europe, Asia and even America love them or hate them we have got to learn from Jewish history they are no different than any other group of people on the planet yet they have managed to rise up above the status quo and win the battle after battle Jewish immigration to Israel which is a net result of 2700 years of Jewish of Jews being massacred by Europeans Asians and Africans is is no different than the Muslim immigration to Western nations today. The only difference being the Muslims have been enslaved and subjugated by fellow Muslims. Of course, anyone who wants to stop the train of Muslim immigration today is called an Islamophobe, a bigot and a racist. I wonder if the same could be said for the Arab states of the 20th century who wanted to stop Jewish immigration. Jews, Jew phobia by Arab governments and their lobbies who have been bought out, who have bought out the Western governments to plow each other's agenda. If both sides um, had used introspection, they used the core ancestral Abrahamic ideologies to further their common interests, the Arab world would have been forced to reckon with oil, natural gas on the Islamic side, innovation, evolution business, which the Jews are known for would have made them this land a powerhouse. Instead, they plow their backyard with archaic Bedouin ideologies, which have imprisoned their congregations and what do you get? A complete waste of time for the whole world. Abraham and Muhammad would be rolling in their graves. You know why Muslims have had to keep have to keep repeating peace be upon him, mostly to forgive themselves for their transgressions and not for Muhammad. The Arab world and its leadership has not forgotten their hunger and thirst for totalitarian feudal power. With their oil resources they would be a force to reckon with and able to recreate the glory day of their colonial empire of Islam. Re-establishing the Umayyad Caliphate and the bloodthirsty power it would bring their feudal elite is their primary goal, which they camouflage as a requirement and a mission of God. After all, the Caliphate means the earthly empire of God. The Caliphate, with its power from Syria to Yemen, backed by Islamic power-thirsty allies, was supposed to eventually take over the Saudi-controlled tip of Arabia. However, we all know that history does not match their whims and fancies while the never-ending spiral of intertribe inter interfamily rivalry continued as it has for thousands of years this time they all have a screen palestine Through the palestinian issue both sides the arabs west of saudi arabia along with their allies and the turks all plow their agenda on the other side the saudis also use palestine to oh, sorry on the other side the saudis also use Palestine to plow their agenda to stop the trot of pan-Islamic movements. Past the buffer zone that is Iraq, we have had the Shias in Iran who have their own agenda, all with varying degrees. The oil has always been gold, the gold dirt that would guarantee them unaccountable power, they all think, camouflaged by Allah and Palestine. They have therefore fostered a fabricated outrage and kept the Muslim Ummah in a jihadi volatile state of mind for 70 years. Alliances have been made and broken into geological groups. The Saudis have always known that the rest of the Arab world wanted their oil. So they turn for support to the Americans who support Israel. Hence you will find the Saudis supporting supporting Israel to a slightly bigger extent even though it's behind the scenes. The support of the remaining Arab states and their allies for Israel waxes and wanes depending upon what they get to counter this Egypt. this Egypt through Gamal Nasser looked for support towards the Soviet Union, which complicated the situation even more. The Saudis turned even more to their American friends to counter what they believe as, as theft of their soil. This, means, this meant the fabricated Palestinian issue was never solved, but inflated to camouflage their feudal ignorance. Neither will it be allowed to be solved, as the real issue is money and power. Some of the proxy private militia groups that are used are Hamas, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, Al-Nusra, but the biggest one is the Muslim Brotherhood. They slowly work their way up through charities, Islamic projects, building schools, hospitals, creation of networks and alliances to plow their own agenda of power for the Islamic Ummah. They form alliances with almost every group in their infant stages slowly through the mosque which now act as their embassies. They too use the Palestinian cause as a front to legitimize their power. Establishing an Islamic State on every inch of the planet is their ultimate goal. Even the Saudis supported them for a long time. Especially after Egyptian President Gamal Nasser ousted them early on for attempting to throw the government. They were marginally tolerated by Anwar Sadat but sent packing underground by Hosni Mubarak. But after the Brotherhood backed the Arab Spring of 2011, When they attain power in Egypt and a few other countries, all of a sudden, with political power in their hands, their their relations with their Saudis have gone sour. Thus as it stands, you have Turkey, Qatar, the Muslim Brotherhood on one side, along with smaller Islamic political groups on the other other side. Um, On the other hand, you have Saudi Arabia. These are all backdoor labyrinths one will encounter besides many spirals of interclan, intertribal inter-tribal vendettas that run their daily lives of Middle Eastern societies. One very important fact to remember is that we are all the same currents below. Hence at one point, as so much as two to three hundred years ago, all our societies all acted out in a similar manner. A large part has evolved, but not the Middle East. As I like to say, it's not the label that defines the mentality, it's the mentality that defines the label. The mentalities are the same, but the labels are not. The mentality is the cosmic currents, which is the Middle Eastern zone uh, and is very turbulent, a fact of being close to the epicenter of the geomagnetic shift of the planet. Unless they do not understand the science behind the human, the cosmic cycles that drive them, they will not have any hope. So this, my friends, is this small chapter on, on Israel. Four chapters, actually. Uh, I hope it gives you some insight into what uh, the history of the Levant and, the, and Canaan, uh, to Kingdom of Israel, to its many different um, forms it has taken, and to the modern form of Israel, um, Palestinian territories, and the, the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan it's a very complicated uh, area it takes a very long time to understand but it's just the basis. Uh, I will try and post on my Facebook page links to um, to some of the um Sites that I've used to as reference, and you just you can go through it as much as you want and try and understand this this area because it takes a very long time to understand, and you have to know biblical history to to go down this road. Um, if you want to ask any questions, you're welcome to my uh, Facebook page is religions, regimes, and refugees um and have that conversation with your friends with your family spread the news uh five friends take any five friends have that conversation with them ask them to share it with five friends and so on and so on the best way to solve issues is by having the conversation externalizing your emotions write read and uh, make your peace from within uh, there's always 360 degrees to a uh, to a, a, a junction, and I hope you all look at all 360 degrees, um, every angle, in order to understand the situation. So thank you once again. Tomorrow I'm going to come back with something special. I'm going to have a podcast on on Jewish terms that have been taken uh, from Judaism, what we call now as Judaism, into uh, Islam. So. Islamic terms that find its root in Judaism, and I'm going to sh- take that and I'm going to have that conversation. You can bring your pen and paper, write down, take down notes. And you see it's going to be absolutely fun. It's amazing because everything in Islam comes from Judaism. And once I finish that chapter, we will go to Christianity. A little bit uh, complicated that one because it's uh, personal and emotion, emotional, but um, Yes, absolutely. We will I will love to have that conversation with you. Thank you, have yourself a great day, great night, cheers, stay safe and sleep well.